here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and very happy to have you here for our brand new episode as we break down the Los Angeles Clippers, the 25-11 and 11 LA Clippers, coming off a win over the Detroit Pistons and getting ready for a back-to-back this weekend against the Grizzlies and the Knicks. If you do enjoy this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. You can also find us anywhere podcasts are available, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also follow along with the show at Believe.com and also any social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Believe Podcast is the handle. And be sure to follow along with me as well on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass. So this week we have a very exciting show for you. Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film, the Twitter account, making his second appearance on the show. He'll be coming on to talk to us about the Clippers season thus far. We talked very early in the season before Kawhi and Paul George had even played together. So we talk about their acclamation, the win over the Lakers, and much, much more. So that's coming up in just a minute. But first we mentioned Clippers at 25 and 11 now, still dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. Just one game all year with a fully healthy roster, and that was the win over the Lakers. Paul George now dealing with a little bit of hamstring tightness. Pat Beverly with a sore right wrist, and on and on and on. And so it goes for the Clippers, but they continue to play well. They did have a little blip and a letdown in a game against the Utah Jazz, and that was a game without... Pat Beverly, where they gave that one away late in the fourth quarter. They did bounce back with an uneven effort, but ended up being a blowout win against the Detroit Pistons to get to that 25-11 and 11 mark. They still have three more games on their upcoming homestand, including yet another back-to-back, surprise, surprise, with the Grizzlies and the Knicks both coming into Staples Center. Both of those 12.30 p.m. afternoon tip-offs on a Saturday and Sunday back-to-back, so it should be interesting ball games for the Clippers, who, as we said, We'll be dealing with some injuries likely without Paul George for that first half and without Kawhi for the second game. So games that they should win, but still, you got to play through it and run through the tape. We'll see how they do. And then they'll wrap up the homestand after they have really the rest of the week off. They don't play till the upcoming Friday when they host the Golden State Warriors. So perhaps a chance for the Clippers to fatten up and get on a little bit of a roll here on an easier part of their schedule, which to this point has been very difficult for the most part. So... We'll talk about all that, and we do talk about all that with Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film, so let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. My conversation with Justin here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. All right, I'm now joined here on the Believe in Clippers podcast with Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film on Twitter. He's making his second appearance on the show and here to talk some Clippers hoops. So, Justin, thanks uh, again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into the good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, and and so much has changed since the last time we talked, because we talked really at the beginning of the season when the Clippers weren't whole, Paul George hadn't played yet. Uh, to this point, they've only had one fully healthy game, but clearly a bigger sample size. They're 25-11, and 11, uh, and still great record despite some ups and downs. What have you seen recently from this Clippers team? They're, of course, coming off 
their victory the other night uh, after bouncing back from that Utah game. So what, what have you seen in recent weeks from this team that, that's been different than what we were seeing early in the season? I mean, first, I think it's kind of ironic in a bad way that we we get a healthy game and then and then we get injured again. <laughs> Patrick Beverly goes down with his wrist. Um, Paul George is now is now iffy with his hamstring. So um, the health thing has really been bothersome for the Clippers all year, which is a bummer for me because you can't really get any sort of continuity. And that's kind of what I've been seeing lately, at least that's my observation. A lot of uneven play, but every game that you watch the Clippers play, there'll be like a four or five minute stretch where you'll see the potential of this team on both ends of the floor. And that's kind of like my takeaway. It's just really uneven, and it's been really hard to get some sort of synergy and some sort of continuity because everybody keeps getting becoming in and out of the lineup. That, that's been the most frustrating part for me, but this is probably the biggest takeaway of the season for me so far. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And it was even evident in the game against Detroit the other night where they you know, kind of came out sluggish, didn't really play well, and then had that burst that really spurt for most of the third quarter and then blew the doors off the Pistons and then kind of cruised from there. But like you said, it's been kind of patchy in terms of great play mixed in with uh, a little bit of uneven play. And then luckily for them, they're talented enough to overcome it and win a lot of ball games. But it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch, to see it go kind of back and forth and not fully that, that continuity, like you said. Yeah, I mean, like, that Detroit game is just a prime example. Um, hopefully they don't fall into that habit of relying on their talent, but, God, this team can be so good in certain and for certain stretches of games. And I know the Pistons aren't good at all, but, like, even without Paul George in that second half, they just blitzed them in that third quarter. And, you know, they're they're – if I'm not mistaken, they're seventh in off in offense. They're fourth in defense. They are they are really damn good. And to me, I know I know I'm biased here, but they they're probably the only team. They're probably the team in the upper echelon of the conference that has so much more to show. They're not even close to their finished product. And for them to be this good despite all of that, I think speaks volumes. And hopefully, it 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 lends itself to them peaking later on towards towards the playoffs. Yeah, and I know we were texting a little bit before doing this podcast over the past few days, and uh, one of the things you were looking forward to talking to was Paul George and his recent slump, and Lou Williams has had some up-and-down play recently. Montrez had a few off games, and even with all that, for the most part, as you said, they've been able to pull out wins despite that. So, so what have you seen on that front from some of the Clippers' key players who necessarily haven't had their best games, but still being able to find ways to win anyway. Well, I well one of the things that you that that's kind of a takeaway is that this team is really long on defense. Like even that it's one of the main reasons they could they can sustain they can sustain and win games despite Paul George going 5 for 25 or something like that. And you know, the season is long enough to where you're going to have um, droughts you're going to have stretches of games that you're just not shooting the ball well. But Paul George in particular is someone that I don't really worry about. Um, he does tend to take a shot that are a little bit harder than they need to be. 
his shot. He he really he really loves taking some really really difficult shots. <laughs> but you know, with a great player like that, you live with it. And he's a he's truly an elite three point shooter. So he's not somebody I really worry about. Plus plus he brings it on the other end nightly. Um, somebody like Lou Williams is kind of a red flag. It's kind of concerning because he's been cold for a very, very long time. Hopefully that Detroit game where he looked like he kind of got a rhythm, maybe that can get him out of his slump. But he's been slumping offensively for a very long time, and maybe it's just me, but he looks a little – he looks like he's lost his stuff a little bit. And for someone of his age, you have to really be leery of that. And so he's somebody that I'm I'm watching really closely right now. Um, the Clippers have a real soft spot in the schedule coming up right now, and we'll see if we'll see if Luke can regain his footing with with some lesser opponents because he's been slumping for a while, and it's kind of concerning. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I've been keeping an eye on it as well, and Lou is someone that. You know, we've just come to depend on and trust over the past couple of years and just watching this team. And, you know, I, that was something I kept my eye on last year as well during the playoffs. And, you know, he had a, a few rough games, but also some dominant games against, of course, that juggernaut of a Warriors team. So, you know, he's capable of doing it in big moments and never shies away from that. But, yeah, as you said, you have to be leery of, you know, potential mileage on Lou and maybe trying to do too much uh, for that second unit. But, you know, I do think hopefully it's just a, a little shooting slump for him. He had a more Lou-like game in that game against Detroit, so uh, it's something to keep an eye on. But if there's anyone that I think you can depend on, I, I, w- I would bet on Lou being able to turn it around. Even if he has lost a little bit of a step, as you said, he's been able to be so good because of his kind of unnatural, herky-jerky type game where he you know, he excels in shooting tough fadeaway, fallaway shots, which are naturally hard to defend. So I think... As long as he gets that shot back in line, that uh, we'll see more of the old old Lou coming up. And go, and you can't. And his playmaking has, is always going to be there. And I think it's something that's really underrated about him. Um, Long term, I wonder what the Clippers do if, like, say, fourth quarter of a game four of a playoff game, and Lou is three of fifteen. Um, does Doc have the confidence to say this is not his night and maybe go with someone else to close that lineup to, for, for their closing lineup? Um, that's something that I've really been battling with and just, just something that I'm monitoring, trying to see how, how, how that would work itself out. But I guess only time will tell when it comes to that. Yeah, and I mean, theoretically, we've talked about the depth of this team. That's where they could potentially overcome that. So they have a lot of other, as you said, longer players and great defenders on that bench and other guys that can shoot the ball, like Shamit and obviously Beverly when he's on. So um, they'll have that ability to do that. And we'll see, like you said, if Doc will will want to go that way. Um, Justin, obviously one of the big games in the most recent weeks was the Christmas Day game against the Lakers. Uh, close game. Clippers able to win that one again to, to go to 2-0 against the Lakers. What did you see late in that ball game defensively that allowed the Clippers to, to come away with one of their more signature wins of the year? Obviously, there was a lot of attention on that game. So what did you think of that one? Um, yeah, that was definitely uh, one of the one of the more signature wins of the year. Um, the Lakers obviously are really good, but I think you saw towards the end of that game um, 
the peak version of what the Clippers can be defensively, especially down the stretch of that game. Um, they just have so many long six eight, six nine, big, strong wings that can just muck up the game and make playing basketball against them really, really hard. Whether it's LeBron or Anthony Davis, and I thought, and I thought, especially late in that game, it was a, it was really, it was kind of a great simulation for what it would look like come playoff time. And I, I really enjoyed how the Clippers were able to switch everything. They were able to funnel the ball into non-shooters like JCP um, and Rondo, and you know, guys and guys like that that you would want shooting the ball instead of LeBron or AD. So, so you really saw them um, buckle down down the stretch, and even my guy Lou Williams had a had a, had, a, had some good moments defensively in that game. And so it, it's. You know, the season is long, so it's kind of fun to get moments like that where you can get some playoff-type simulations to see how people would react. And I thought thought the Clippers reacted really well, especially defensively. Um, I don't really worry too much about the offensive side of the ball, especially when you have somebody like Kawhi Leonard who's scoring and playmaking is just incredible. Um, it's more so making sure that you can get the stops necessary against these elite teams, and I thought they did that against the Lakers. And you know, it's always fun to go up two zero against those guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I saw the same thing defensively that you did, and I thought it was really interesting late in the ball game. You mentioned the switching. You know, the Lakers tried to go to a couple of ISOs with Anthony Davis and Montrez. You know, who's always tough, but obviously undersized against someone like Davis. I thought did a really nice job of having Davis settle for jump shots. Those are shots that Davis can make, but you'd rather have him taking a contested 15-footer than, say, you know, use his size to get inside the lane and score, or use his quickness to get to the basket. I thought the Clippers' defense, with the way they were arranged, did a really nice job of kind of forcing the Lakers to settle a little bit more than I think they would have liked late in that game, and that played well into the, the Clippers' hand into the end of the game. Yeah, uh, 100%. 100%. Um, down the stretch of games, that's probably one of the Clippers' greatest strengths, right? Is that the fa- is the fact that they have so so much length out out on the floor that you know if you want to iso against it, if you want to iso or play through Anthony Davis or if you want to play through LeBron, it's almost like they're playing they're playing in such a crowd that they either have to shoot a contested jumper like Anthony Davis was doing down the stretch, or they have to pass it to a Rondo or they have to pass it to a KCP. Both of those guys this year have been actually pretty solid as far as shooting threes, but those are the guys you want to, you want to take shots when it matters as opposed to AD and Bron. And I think that's what you kind of see what the Clippers can do with their defense down the stretch of games is funnel the ball to guys that they don't want, funnel the guy, funnel the ball to guys they want shooting or making those guys take tough shots. And so it kind of made me excited to see. Imagine seven games of that kind of defense of closed games, man. No, I know. It's, it's, the defense has honestly been the most exciting part. And you mentioned the offense, is, the offense will be there. There's no real concern about that, especially since Paul George has come back, even with some of his recent rough games. Just when he's been on the floor, their offense has just been so dominant. And, but on the defensive end, seeing when they're, as you said, those moments when they look like they're at their full potential, the rotations are as quick as possible. They're so long. They're so active. And really, they can have a lineup with 
five elite defenders on the floor at one time and, and really just make it stifling for, for the other team. Yeah, I mean, 100%, 100%. And and I, and I you mentioned a great point that even with Paul George struggling, the offense is still kind of humming. And it just alludes to how talented this Clipper team is. I mean, over their last 15 games, they're still top seven in offensive efficiency. And that's with Paul George not being the best version of himself over the latter half of those 15 games. So... Just imagine when when those guys get deep deep more reps and they can they can play in April and May and things like and things like that. So, I mean, that was one of my that was probably my favorite game of the year, especially because you saw them have to fight some adversity, which is which is always good to see in a regular season game when you're playing a really great team. Um, you're down, but. 15 points in the second half and you have to fight to get back in the game it's always good to see a team's character show itself in certain moments throughout the season as you get towards the playoffs support for the believe in clippers podcast comes from manscape who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscape offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels it's 2020 and you know what that means new year new me new balls men listen up Harry Bushes are so 2019. If you go to pick up any New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products. And we know that, as we said, it's 2020, so you got to get with the times. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has propriety skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, that's just dirty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BELIEVE at manscaped.com. That's B-L-E-A-V at manscaped.com. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. On the note of the, the Clippers and the Lakers, it came out this week that Potentially, Darren Collison might come out of his very short retirement uh, with both with both of the LA teams on his mind and his desired locations. We know the Clippers already have you know a great deal of depth in the backcourt. The Lakers, of course, are looking for another ball handler to take some of the pressure off LeBron. Uh, what do you think of the Darren Collins Darren Collison sweepstakes and uh, if he could be a potential fit for for the Clippers if they went decided to go that way and bring him into what is already a pretty deep team. Um, I, for the first thing I thought about when I saw that was that it would probably mean the end of Derek Walden Jr.'s time with the Clippers for the time being. And that would really suck because he's been really, really good whenever he's been called upon. And I always have a soft spot for guys like that who fight to make the team. And then once they get in a rotation, they do everything that's asked of them. And because the NBA is a, is a business, you know, it is what it is. But as far as D.C., um, the last time he was in the NBA, he was one of the best shooters in the NBA, 50-40-90 guy. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not sure how much of a difference he would make, although he's probably he's really great as far as like, he would be really great as far as um, providing some insurance, some backcourt insurance. I just don't see what, where, where the minutes would come from if he 
team. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I, I just can't see where where the minutes would come from, and it, I, it doesn't seem like it'd be that much of a difference maker. I, and truthfully, I feel like the NBA is so transaction starved that somebody like Darren Collison making himself known as a free agent is more of a name thing than anything. I don't think that he's someone that's going to move the needle much for the Clippers as far as the end result. But he, he is responsible for one of my favorite Clipper moments of all time, <laughs> Game 4 against Oklahoma City in 2014. So shout out to Darren Collison for that. But for this season, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I don't know what, if anything, he would provide to like change the um, to change the outcome for, for the Clippers. I mean, I may be alone in that. Would you? Would you agree or disagree? Or I do think there's a role he could fill, but like you said, uh, you know, I don't know how many minutes are there available for him, and we kind of saw a little bit of. A glimpse into what playoff basketball would be like in that game against the Lakers, where Doc kind of shortened his rotation in that game. So that's going to be the case in the playoffs anyway. So at that point, you're, you know, already fighting against that battle, and then you're taking away extra minutes. So I I agree that I don't know, I don't necessarily know if there's a real spot for him there. You can never have too many good players, but you know, maybe maybe the reason they go for it is just to keep him away from the Lakers and uh, keep them from getting another ball handler, but. Um, similar to you, he. I think in all Clipper fans, there's that soft spot for that one year that he had where he essentially played so well that they were unable to re-sign him after. But uh, if that's all there is from Darren Collison, then uh, those memories will serve well too. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the fact that I think Chris Paul missed like 18 games that year and um, the Clippers still won 57 games. And that's in large part because Darren Collison started like all of those games that CP3 was out. And the Clippers kind of didn't miss a beat. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm always appreciative to DC for that. But um, I, I, you, you, made a, you made a great point about you, you never having enough good players. And, maybe, you, you know, somebody gets hurt. Like, for instance, Patrick Beverly is hurt now. Um, maybe somebody gets hurt later in the season or in the playoffs, and you know he'd be great insurance for that. And he stays away from the Lakers, so we'll see what happens with it. <laughs> so yeah, you get a win-win there. Um, you mentioned Derek Walton Jr., and he's clearly someone that needs to be talked about for just filling his role in, in a perfect way and just staying ready, earning his minutes on the floor, and, and really just being a nice spark plug and a great story for the Clippers, what have you seen from him to allow him to kind of carve out that little role for himself? And I know on this show we've talked a little bit about Jerome Robinson and kind of the uh, the disappointing play of him. Uh, where do you see Robinson's fit and if he can still carve out a, a role for himself or if Walton has kind of usurped him in that packing order? Um, I, I, don't, I don't see a path, a path for... Jerome Robinson to kind of take back those minutes that Derek Walden has kind of taken away from him. Um, Derek Walden Jr., uh, he's really been a pleasant surprise for me. Um, he's somebody that I felt like towards the end of preseason had done enough to make the team. So it was kind of, I was kind of good to see that he did make the team. Um, he's just steady, man. He's steady. He doesn't make many mistakes. He can shoot it. Um, he can score it. He can get you into a set. And, you know, 82-game season is long, man. People are going to get hurt. People are going to get 
people are going to be in and out of the lineup. And you need guys like that to carry you through the season to get you to the playoffs. I mean, if you look back at all championship level teams, you'll look you'll look at the roster for like game thirty two, and you'll see a random player that you're like, "What? He was on the team, and he had like twenty five <laughs> points that night." Because you need guys like that to care to help carry you to the postseason. And to me, he's one of those guys. You know, he just doesn't make mistakes. Um, he's solid defensively. Um, the team just looks composed when he's on the floor. And he's somebody that, honestly, I trust. And it looks like Doc trusts him as well. And whenever he's out on the floor, he just doesn't make mistakes. He's just solid. And I love that about him. Yeah, he just seems to have a knack for knowing when it's his turn to shoot or when to you know, take that turn in the offense. And then otherwise, he's just making all the little hustle plays, just doing all the right things on the floor. And uh, as you said, it's been such a pleasant surprise to see him fill those minutes and do it so admirably and really just provide a boost for the Clippers when they've had so many of these little nagging injuries throughout the season. It's been a, it's been really nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching a little bit of Derek Wallen Jr. when he was at Michigan, his senior year there. And he just shot the hell out of the ball his senior year. And it's good to see that that kind of translated. Um, obviously, the Sacramento game has probably been one of his standouts. But, like, that's one of the big things that Jerome Robinson just can't get to to, to translate is to just make shots. Um, and it, it sounds simple enough, but Jerome Robinson just can't make shots. He can't make open shots. He can't make open shots from the mid-range, can't make open shots from three, and he kind of he's kind of soured on me, and it's unfortunate because I was, and still am, a fan of his, but I, I, I mean, can't do nothing about a guy that just can't make shots. No, it's been, it's been frustrating, too. I feel the same way for, for Robinson, obviously, someone they, they used a lottery pick on. You know, I'm sure the Clippers' front office had... All the same medical reports on someone like Michael Porter Jr., um, who they could have taken in that spot. But Robinson, I think the the MO on him coming in the league was that he was going to be a great shooter, and the other stuff might take a little while. But it seems to be a little bit of the opposite, where his playmaking seems to be okay. But yeah, as you said, just shooting, and he's getting a lot of open shots with the attention drawn to many of the other stars for the Clippers and just unable to, to make those shots. Yeah, I, I mean... He shot up draft boards. His um, he, his work his for pre draft. He was shooting up draft boards. Um, I, obviously the Clippers really liked him enough to like. I, I I would say it's kind of a reach. Not a lot of people had Jerome Robinson um that high in the lottery. Um, and I guess now you kind of you kind of see why. But um, but yeah, hopefully it all works out for him. Um, I think he has about. This, he, I'm, I think the Clippers picked up their option on him, so he's got another year to hopefully prove himself. Um, he's on a championship-level roster so with injuries. So, he's, he's, to me, he's had quite a bit of opportunities this year to prove that he's, uh, he's capable of being a rotation player and so far just hasn't been able to do so. Yeah, I mean, he did get 17 minutes in the, the most recent game against the Pistons. So, as you said, with these injuries continuing to, to linger on, and a couple of you know lesser teams on the schedule, uh, maybe he'll get an opportunity and be able to knock down some shots, and we'll see if he can kind of get himself righted on that path. Yeah, I mean, you brought up something that I would 
just about to say about in regards to Jerome, which is that this soft spot in the schedule hopefully will allow him to get some reps and get some confidence, and as and hopefully we can reel off some wins in the process. Christmas time has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Will Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. Yeah, we know that in the upcoming schedule there is... Uh, a back-to-back this weekend, which seems to be uh, every week for the Clippers, but uh, so that'll be that'll be a uh, a Kawhi-less game for one of them. We know George is probably going to miss the Memphis game, so they'll be kind of navigating those injuries. But then they have five days off until their next game against the Warriors, and in this five-game homestand. So as you said, hopefully a time for them to to kind of fatten up and reel off a win streak, which is they've been winning games obviously with a twenty-five and eleven record, but. Seemingly unable to get that long, extended, you know, five-game, seven-game, ten-game win streak that I think we all know this team is capable of. Yeah, that was, and that's honestly what I was hoping for with this stretch. And I, and I, I, I do genuinely think it's coming. And if it is going to come, it's going to be at this stretch. And they, they've got two, they've got two down, and hopefully we can make it three Saturday um, against Memphis. Um, I don't take any of those games lightly. Uh, twelve thirty games seem to be tricky, especially when you when you have to like wait. You got to get to the arena by like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, kind of throws a lot of what you do off. So that's that has the potential to be a trap game, um, especially with probably no Paul George. So I don't take that one lightly. But that's a, but a lot of these games that are coming up are games that we should win, and hopefully we do. Yeah, as you said, you got to be ready every night. We know the. The twelve thirty games are one that Doc Rivers has always lamented. They have the back to back. Both of those games this weekend are twelve thirty games, and he said he can't take them lightly. Memphis, of course, with John ja Morant, obviously played the Clippers tough in their first meeting, and and even the Knicks, are, you know, they're about to go down to Phoenix in a close game, but they had won three in a row prior to that, so they're playing better after their coaching change. So as you said, you always have to be ready, no matter who the opponent is. Yes. And if, if any time Jaws on the floor, the rookie of the year, he's got to be. He's, you you always got to keep two. You got to got you always got to be locked in when John Moran is on the floor, and he's one of my favorite guys to watch. So that'll be that'll be exciting to see. Yeah, um, yeah, he's incredible. Hopefully we win though. Yeah, hopefully we win. <laughs> exactly. All right, Justin. Before I let you get out of here, uh, one of the things that's really stood out to me is just Kawhi Leonard's been great all year, but I think. I really first noticed it in the game at San Antonio, and then ever since then, 
his lift athleticism explosion seems to have taken a step up to another another level. We know he's been going through the load load management, but have you seen that as well? Just a new level of athleticism and explosion from Kawhi that wasn't there early in the year? Yes. Yes, I'm glad you brought this up. It's something that I've kind of been harping on um, this entire season with Kawhi. Um, I remember he had a really bad, really rough outing in um, – in Milwaukee, and I was, and I, and I went on a little rant on Twitter about it, saying that he's a guy who was coming off of an injury this past summer, in which he didn't play any basketball at all, and then he comes into this regular season, and he's playing with a team that has a hellacious schedule that involves a bunch of back-to-backs in which he literally can't play. So you're trying to recover from an injury in which you didn't play basketball all summer because of, and you can't get your timing down because you're not playing in back-to-back. So so to me, in hindsight, it makes sense why it would take a while for him to get revved up. And you kind of seeing him play his way into the season. And even, even statistically, he was fantastic in the month of December. But really, just the eye test kind of supports that, like, he, he's playing with a lot more bursts. He's playing. He's playing downhill a lot more. He's looking more and more like that peak Kawhi Leonard from last year with the Raptors. And for Clipper fans, that's got to be exciting because, I mean, earlier in the season, it really looked like he was dragging. It really looked like he was not healthy at all. And you fast forward and you look what he did Christmas Day against maybe the best team in the NBA, at least record-wise, and that has to make you excited because the Lakers had absolutely no answer for Kawhi. And a healthy Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, is the best player in the NBA. And the only thing that can stop him is his health. So it's kind of, it's really, really great to see that his health is coming along as the season progresses. And 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 this, this soft spot in the schedule is only going to ampl- amplify that. So I'm totally with you. Um, you can literally see his progression as the season progresses just from a physical standpoint. Um, he's just popping when, when he's running on the floor. So I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been pretty evident to see, as you said, coming off that knee injury at the end of last year, which people kind of overlooked because he did carry the Raptors to that championship. But you said really the beginning of the season was kind of his training camp for him. And now we're seeing, you know, the full arsenal from Kawhi. So it's really just a pleasure to watch it every night where you're seeing him improve on what's already been an incredible season. But uh, you mentioned the playmaking as well. Just that has taken such a step up. Uh, It's just been a pleasure to watch him. Yeah, and I mean, progression isn't linear, so you'll see games where you'll still see games every so often where the shot isn't there and he's taking the contested shots where he can't get the space or the lift that he wants to get on occasion. But those seem farther and few, farther and farther between as the season progresses, which is which is encouraging. And what you said about his playmaking is just it's just something that I I. It, I watched him last year, and I thought he took a jump with his playmaking. But nobody could have foreseen the, the some of the stuff that he's doing. I mean, he's he's throwing, he's breaking defenses down, drawing four, um, throwing passes across his body, finding corner finding corner shooters, 
right in their right in their shooting pocket, um, pinpoint passing. He's been he's been really fantastic in that regard, and he probably would average close to like six, seven assists a game if he was playing 35, 36 minutes a night. And those are like real assists too. So yeah, the combination of his scoring and playmaking. And his defense makes him the best player in the league, and his health is the only thing that could stop him from that from having that title. And it looks like that health is just improving with each and every game. Yeah, and we'll hope the health improves for the rest of the team as well. Hopefully, the next time we talk, we'll be able to talk about more than one game with a with a fully healthy roster and uh, see them get on a little bit of a roll here. But. Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show again. It's always a pleasure to to talk some Clippers hoops with you, and uh, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime soon. Nah, man, thank you, thank you. I really do appreciate it, man. I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of humbled that you even would have me as a guest. So I'm, I really do appreciate it. No, you do, a, you do a wonderful job uh, breaking things down on Twitter. So always happy to have you on. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. If you do enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. You can also find us anywhere else podcasts are available. And also be sure to check out Believe.com. So many shows, over 100 shows across the platform, including many other shows regarding the NBA as well. So be sure to check out Believe.com. Follow along on all the handles at Believe Podcast and at Jesse underscore Cast on Twitter. And keep following along with the Clippers. As we said, they're looking to wrap up this homestand on a high note. And then they have a pretty nice game, pretty big game against the Denver Nuggets, a team neck and neck with them at the top of the West Coast standing. So that should be a fun one as well. We'll be here to cover it all, as always, on the Believe Podcast Network. So that's going to do it for this episode. We want to thank Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film once again for coming on the show. I want to thank you for joining. So you've been listening to the Believe in Clippers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Everyone has a favorite photo. Now you can turn yours into canvas wall art at canvasworld.com. Canvasworld.com will print your photograph on a handcrafted custom canvas at the size of your choice. They combine the latest technology and environmentally friendly inks to produce canvas prints that are higher quality than ever available before. And they guarantee their work for life. Maybe that's why six of the country's top 10 hotel chains choose Canvas World. Their prices are a fraction of what you'd pay elsewhere. And it's easy. Just upload your photo, choose a size, and you're done. They'll even digitally retouch your photo absolutely free. Place your order at canvasworld.com today and save 35%. Plus, get free shipping when you enter promo code PHOTO at checkout. Get big Canvas prints at big savings at canvasworld.com and save 35% and get free shipping when you enter promo code PHOTO at checkout. Order yours today at canvasworld.com. That's canvasworld.com, where photos become art. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.